Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, your source for all things running and travel in super fun destinations around the world. We're your hosts, Gerald Mitchell and Natalie Mitchell. Welcome to episode 90 of the Sweet Run Podcast. And this week, we are so happy to welcome Sam Yeager Allen to the show. Sam is a 12-time marathoner with a 249 PR. She has run almost 200 races in the last 15 years and holds nine Alabama individual age group state records. Sam is also a four-time marathon winner. Sam is a CPA, a wife, a mom to a sweet little boy that was born four months ago with the coolest birth date which you'll hear about in our conversation. We had so much fun sitting down and getting to know Sam a little bit more and talking about her running journey and her progression in the sport. It is really inspiring. In the second half of our conversation, we talk about where Sam lives in Sweet Home, Alabama. Sam lives in Mobile Bay, Alabama, which sounds like the most gorgeous gem of a place that it seems like no one is talking about. Sam has so much history in the town of Mobile Bay. Her family is from there. You're going to hear all about the best, most gorgeous places to run, where to hear live music, where to hang out, places of interest that you have to see when you come to Mobile Bay, and so much more. We're so happy to share this conversation with you guys. So here we go. Summer, 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 summer. Summer, 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 summer. Oh my gosh, you guys, it is now officially summer! Are you so excited? I am so excited. Okay, so if you are training for a marathon, a half marathon, a 5K, a 10K, or nothing at all, maybe you're just going to hang out in the mountains or at the beach and run whenever you want, and that is totally awesome as well. But you still need to find out what is going on inside your body. And that's where Inside Tracker comes in. They are a science-backed, trackable action plan that lays it all out for you. All you have to do is get a blood test. It's simple, quick, and easy. And they take care of everything else. They come back and tell you what you're doing right, what you need to work on. And they give you supplement ideas and recipe suggestions. And they lay it all out for you and help you to become a better athlete and a better person. So go to InsideTracker.com slash Sweet Run and save 25% off. It is going to be a game changer for your summer training. Definitely go check it out. And we are so excited to partner with our friends at Inside Tracker. One of the biggest challenges with supplements is that there are so many out there and it's next to impossible to understand and figure out the right ones to take. Enter Joint Health Plus from Prevenex. The main active ingredient is clinically proven to protect joint cartilage from breakdown during exercise, which is huge for us as runners. It's also clinically proven to reduce joint pain, joint stiffness, and improve joint flexibility in 7 to 10 days. Did somebody say flexibility? Sign me up. We're excited to partner with Prevenex. They are a new partnership for the Sweet Run podcast. I get so many products that come across my desk, and I'm very careful about vetting every single one and making sure that I only share with you guys the ones that truly work and that I truly love and use myself. And that is the case with Prevenex. We're excited. Use the code SWEETRUN to take 15% off of your first order and go check it out. And now, friends, please enjoy our super fun conversation with 249 marathoner, CPA, wife, and mom to a new little boy, 
Sam Yeager Allen. Sam Yeager Allen. Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast. We're so happy, so, so happy to have you. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored that you asked me to be on. So I'm excited to tell you all about my hometown and all about Alabama. (laughs) That's what we are here for. So glad to have you. All I want to do is this. Now you guys know that I cannot sing. Don't do it. But I want to go, sweet home Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) And and she's hanging up now. She's like, no, you're just ruining (laughs) I had to do it. I've been itching to do that. And, And I chose not to for that very reason. I was like, I won't do that. To what could be considered a state song. <laughs> oh, man. How are you doing? Yeah, we're talking a little bit before we press record, but how's the baby? How are you feeling postpartum? Oh, man, I am feeling good. So um, baby boy turned four months last week. Um, and I feel like we're just getting into a really good, like a good groove and a sweet spot with him. Um, and, um, you know, getting back into running. Um, so actually hit 50 miles for the first time last week um the first time in almost a year you know just because of the whole pregnancy and everything so um yeah I'm like loving getting back into running and it's so fun again because it's kind of like when you first start running and you're like just seeing all this progress like your times are just getting faster and faster I'm in that stage right now postpartum where it's like every week there's you know oh wow I ran a little bit further or I ran a little bit faster than I did last week so it's um it's getting, you know, it's, it's just fun right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sure every new mom out there wants to hear, like, how are you balancing it? Like, how are you getting sleep and fitting in your runs? No, um, I don't know that I'm balancing it. So that might be the first place to start, but man, it's just, um, it is, it has been very overwhelming. Um, just, like overwhelmingly great and overwhelmingly hard, you know, it's just like, it's high, um, high stress and high reward. Um, but yeah, so, um, he started daycare just about a month ago and I feel like that's definitely helping as far as me being able to work. Um, you know, he's got his, his playtime and he's taken care of during the day. We have a great daycare. So I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, and that gives me a chance to, you know, shower get work done do the laundry all the things that are hard to do with a um, little baby (laughs) so um, that sounds like a fair answer you know it's like oh how are you balancing it all I don't know that I am that's a very consistent fair answer (laughs) oh it's a lot (laughs) and his name is Ward right yes I love that name so it was a family name. So um, my husband's side, um, there was a Ward Allen back in the day. So he is named after like a great, great, great something. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And we were saying to you, I love his birthday. You guys listening. He was born, Ward was born on a Tuesday, 2-22-22. The coolest yeah. birthday in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna get much better absolutely than that that's great mm-hmm. and I am like such a numbers nerd I'm a CPA so I'm like all about the numbers and that that birthday I was like we are not passing that up he will be born that day <laughs> <laughs> sorry Ward you're coming out whether you like it or not yeah, I mean ready or not here we come 
<laughs> well, I love your running story, Sam. And I've been reading so much about just little the in, little details. And I'd love for you to share it. One thing that stood out for me is that you were saying you took running at, or it was jogging as an elective in college, which I thought was just really funny. Will you tell us a little bit about the beginnings of your running journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's always funny to think back because um, that I do think that's really when I got more into it. I played a bunch of sports in high school, but um, running, I was, I was on the track team. I actually joined the track team as a discus thrower, which is so random at this point. Um, but once I was already on the team, then they needed a person to like fill in on the, the 3,200 meter relay. So, you know, each run an 800. So I, I did that relay, but I mean, when I graduated from high school, I don't think I'd ever run more than two miles at a time, you know, so it wasn't like something I was doing, um, you know, very seriously. I was playing all the sports, but, you know, running wasn't a real big thing. Um, but then when I got to college, I wasn't playing sports anymore. Um, and I, something I had done my whole life. So I just, I missed that. And, um, yeah, I took jogging as an elective and I ran my first 5k, um, that semester. Um, and that was the farthest I had run at that point was the 3.1. I remember thinking like, I don't know if I can do this, but here we go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then I just, you know, I really organically built up like a, you know, did the 5k and then maybe the next year I did a 10k and then the next year I did a 10 miler and the next year I did a half marathon. So I just, you know, kind of built it up real slowly, but, um, and at that point I was all just, just running. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, quote training. Like I just, I just ran. I didn't, wasn't, you know, not timing myself or trying to like specifically be, be fast or do it, you know, it's just doing it to do it. So that's how it got started. <laughs> now, when, when I, I've known, I've been on the track teams, right? In high school <laughs> and I know discus throwers and I was thinking, Hmm, <laughs> right. unless, unless you're just like really slim down and you were super jacked in high school, you just don't strike me as a distance thrower. Your frame just didn't strike I'm, me as a, dis a discus thrower, but maybe you were just that really fast but super strong girl on the team. I don't know. What, what, what was the deal there? So, I mean, I do think discus is a lot more about technique than people, you know, it's not like I was doing shot put. So, I mean, you know, but um, my dad, I guess, threw the discus at some point. So he was all about getting me that proper, you know, I had the spin and the, all the stuff and I mean I, I didn't say I was good at it I just said I did throw the discus so I mean <laughs> yeah. and, and you are right it is a very technical uh mm -hmm. discipline uh even the shot put right. is much more technical than you realize but again yeah. in my mind's eye when Natalie was telling reading some of the bio I was like this is gonna be interesting <laughs> right you know but you know you never know so hey you're but you're running now and you are Pretty right. darn speedy from what we've seen here. <laughs> yes, a 2.49 PR. And I remember when you ran that, and I remember like you talking <laughs> about it on, on Instagram and in your blog. And I was like, because I remember like you running like a 304, and that was now a long time ago. And you mm -hmm. like chipped away at your time, or maybe you leapt away at it. I don't know. I don't feel like it was chipping. It's kind of <laughs> like I looked up and I'm like, oh my gosh, Sam just ran a 249. 
So tell us a little bit about the progression and what happened. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it's funny how, I mean, like looking back now, it does seem like, um, I don't know, I guess it, it really did take some years, you know, like I, uh, I guess I, I ran my first marathon in 2011. So I basically I've been, you know, it's been about 10 years that I've been whatever year we're in now. So it's been 11 years <laughs> mm -hmm. since I've started running marathons. But um, I mean, like the first three that I did, I'd say, I think the average, you know, was 320 something. And then that was, you know, over the course of three years. And then the next three that I did over the course of the next three years was like 310 or so. And then, mm -hmm. then the next three over the course of the next three years was the got down to the like in the 250 range. So it, it, it really was a longer progression, but um, I would say there was definitely like one training cycle where everything just seemed to click. And it was just like all of a sudden, you know, my, my PRs just like, just started just dropping. So that was um, a lot of fun. And uh, I definitely changed the training a lot that season. So I don't know, it was like, you know, how sometimes you can change one variable and then you can look back and be like, well, it was that thing. Well, I changed all the things. So I don't know <laughs> exactly what it was, but um, I mean, I went from probably like previous training cycles doing like somewhere upwards of, you know, in the eighties or maybe even 90 miles a week. Um, and with maybe two quality workouts and a long run and a, the long run being like 24, maybe even, I mean, yeah, it's probably a 24 mile long run in a marathon buildup to when I first broke three hours, that training cycle, I never got above 60 miles a week and I didn't do a long run more than 16 miles. Um, mm -hmm. so, okay. I mean, that was just, it kind of blows my mind that that's what did it, but it, that seemed to work. So, um, mm -hmm. also started doing Pilates. Um, and I do think that just being a little bit stronger, um, you know, overall, like just, maybe a little bit more flexible to um, like one of those runners that can't touch my toes, you know, so <laughs> Pilates helped me out. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You know, I always feel like people say that there's not just one thing, but like they put in like different elements, but I always feel like strength training or some sort of like mobility work really does like help make a difference. And I could see, cause I always feel like when I'm stretching now, I'm like, I'm so tight, my hips, you know, and like, I'm always working on that. So I love the idea of working with Pilates, you know, having Pilates into your routine. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did you find that you were doing a lot more strength training as well? Like lifting and all of that? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know. I'd no, I, I'll just go ahead and tell you I'm not doing that. Um, I, I know that's something that I could do. Um, I do some core work, you know, like, I mean, I'll do some planks or some, you know, crunches on the, on the ab ball, but I mean, no, I'm not specifically doing any other strength. I, I call Pilates strength training, so I don't know if that mm -hmm. counts technically, but that's, that's the extent of it. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So now, okay, Sam, so you ran 249. So when was that marathon and which marathon, which marathon was that? So I ran, um, the Indianapolis, um, in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the year a lot of people, um, were going for the OTQ, um, 
So it was um, freezing cold. Um, you know, I'm coming from Alabama, so I'm used to running in like the 70s. And, you know, I'm, I might have had a training run that was in the 40s. I don't know. But um, the weather on race day was so cold. Um, it never got above freezing. So um, I think I was more stressed about like what to wear than anything it's like, you know, minor details is running a marathon, but major problem is what do I wear? (laughs) (laughs) um, I had on all of the like extra accessories that I could like, you know, like ear warmers, sunglasses, neck gaiter, gloves, hot hands, anywhere I could stuff a pair of those hand warmers. I had them. (laughs) Oh my um, gosh. The the hand warmer actually kind of bit me um, because I had a pair of them in my gloves and I, um, when I went to grab my first bottle, so I had the, um, I actually had fluids, like an elite, I had an elite entry. So that was a first for me too. So, but I went to grab my first bottle and didn't think about the fact that that hand warmer in the glove was going to make it like, you know, stick out so much more. So I just like completely knocked the bottle off the table, (laughs) which was so sad. Um, Like in hindsight, I should have just slowed down and, you know, grabbed the bottle, like, an extra five or 10 seconds would have been much better than not getting the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one that I went to grab, it was frozen solid. Like I was trying to drink out of it and it just, I don't, I'm probably maybe mixed it a little bit too thick too, but it was just, I mean, nothing was coming out of it. I was having to work so hard to try to get any of the fluids out of it. So um, the fueling was a bit of a mess, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Well, gosh, maybe. I mean, like <laughs> even despite, I mean, we all know that like every marathon, there's going to be something that like, doesn't go right. But like, despite those things, like you still ran so fast. I mean, um, I mean, was your goal to, to try to OTQ that day? Yeah. I mean, that was like the, the big goal, but it was definitely one of those where, I mean, the stars would have all had to align and not only had to have aligned, they would have had to stay in line for three hours. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like I was in 240 shape and could kind of fumble my way to a 245 like I was if if everything went right I might have been able to do the the 245 but um we actually had to like put a time you know a predicted time for the um elite like to get your bib number um placement and I I predicted 250 um so I mean I ran essentially what what I thought I probably would I mean 245 would have been the goal yes but realistically I mean 250 was closer and I was ecstatic with you know running a 249 I never thought that that's any kind of time I would have been able to run so yeah (laughs) I know that's fantastic it's such a fast time yeah I mean total aside but I'm thinking I've heard of a beer cozy but who would have thought you need like a fluid cozy on a crazy (laughs) cold day right you have to warm them up and then right in the sleeve to leave out on the table. That's crazy that they froze, <laughs> it froze over. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't really heard anybody else say that. So I don't, I could be crazy, but I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. So who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was cold. It was for cold. sure. I, I think about like what you were saying, like, you know, coming from a super warm climate, I mean, Alabama and like, it's a warm climate here. And like, I mean, that's such a shock to the system, like going to like freezing weather to run. Did you feel mm-hmm. like, like how long did it take you? Were you cold the whole marathon or at some point did you feel like, okay, I feel warm. I feel comfortable. 
Yeah, that was a, kind of an odd thing too. I felt like I, I warmed up pretty quickly. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I got unwarm. <laughs> so it like when we, we made a turn at some point and then there was a headwind and then it was, I mean, it was just, well, yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> so, but I did, I mean, I warmed up. I was all in all, I would have been, you know, I could have been fine, but I don't know. One other weird thing that happens to me and I don't know, this, this might be totally crazy, but I feel like when my nose starts running and the snot freezes have y'all ever had that happen like and you're like you know you're trying to breathe through your nose like in through your nose right and it's just like no you can't Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whole like I don't know the last probably 10 miles of the race I'm like I can't breathe like like, like, this is not good (laughs) yeah marathon running and not breathing don't go together yeah (laughs) right Right. yeah I think we've heard more than once about that particular, was it, it seemed like it was that year that was just like ridiculously cold for that Indy Marathon. Yeah. Was, yeah. It's like, I think it was like, everybody's trying to run fast at that, that 2019 yeah. year. And it was obviously the year that was super cold. I think the coldest we've ever been, we were in like Montana and we went on a run and it was like minus seven degrees and like Gerald's like eyelashes Why froze. am I out here? <laughs> I'm surprised everything wow. didn't freeze. Yeah. But- yeah, yeah it, it, it was only for the love because I, I wasn't going to send her. I wasn't going to let her go out there by herself, <laughs> but good. Right. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, okay, so Sam, you are a four time marathon winner. When I read that, I didn't I mean, I've been following you for a long time. I feel like I already know you, but I did not know that you'd won four marathons. That's incredible. Yeah. So which four marathons did you win? Okay. Um, so this is definitely like needs lots of qualifiers. Cause I mean, that just is crazy to just like think that, but, um, you know, I do like a small hometown race a lot more than, I mean, I would just prefer to do those type of races, you know, than, than Boston or New York or things like that. And I've done some of the bigger marathons too, but, um, so I, the first one I did, um, where I was, you know, first overall female was rock and roll New Orleans um, in 2015. And that was a shock because at that point, it was kind of like when rock and roll was, it was still big, but it was kind of on the decline, you know, like it wasn't obviously there, there, that was like a 303 marathon, which would not normally win that race. So that was like a huge surprise. And I thought, wow, like I was in the right place at the right time. And um, yeah, that was crazy. Um the other ones were a little bit smaller. Um, there, there used to be a, a local marathon here in Mobile um, called First Light Marathon. I won that one one year. Um, and then I won the um, Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, that's a great marathon. Um, and then Baton Rouge, um, which I ran the Baton Rouge uh, marathon like 10 weeks after Indy. Um, when I, you know, cause it was, it was the same day as Houston. So it was the last day to get the OTQ. So I was like, well, I'll give it one more go. Um, and I didn't, you know, I ran a 251, which is fine. And I was happy, but you know, I didn't get it, but I got to break the tape again. So that was, you know, silver lining and awesome. Just that, that feeling will never get old. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that's incredible. Now, now here's the question for the, the local home marathon does that give you any street cred when you you know do you wear the medal around town does that get you any <laughs> any perks in, in mobile 
you know uh, that's the sad thing they don't the marathon they like since COVID they haven't had it and they haven't like really announced that they're going to redo it so if I had any credits gone okay (laughs) oh wow you'll start back somehow (laughs) did you like the Baton Rouge Marathon because I remember I don't know if you remember this Gerald but like we, I went to run Houston that year too, in 2020. And I was trying to decide whether I yeah. should go to Baton Rouge because we were already in that area or go to, um, Houston. Houston yeah. And I went ahead and did that, but how I would love to know how that marathon, do you love the course? Yeah, it was good. The course was really good. Um, it was, it was really pretty at, you know, you go through like the campus at LSU and, um, yeah, it was a good course. Um, but I just, um, I don't know. I just didn't have it that day. I mean, you know, I had a, had a great race, so I can't say I didn't have it, but it just, you know, it wasn't what I wanted. Um, but I, I picked that one. I thought about Houston as well, but I was like, well, Houston would have been much bigger and I just do better at the smaller races. So I just, you know, and it was closer for me. Like we're, we're not that far. So, um, yeah, but it was a good one. Um, and I had my husband there and my parents and his parents. So, everybody was there and it was, it's very spectator friendly. That's the other good thing about, you know, the little smaller races, you know, I probably saw them like every, you know, three or four miles. So I had somebody to look for the whole time basically, which is always, you know, fix, gives you a little little extra pep in your step if you need to pick me up. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's big from the support side because there's races where I mean, I saw you at the beginning and, and, and maybe at the end, you know, starting to finish <laughs> yeah. and I'm making efforts, you know, to get to this mile marker, but with the traffic and how the course is laid out and especially like on a big one where there's just, you know, everybody's trying to do the same thing. It can be really tough. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's, that is a, a perk of being in a smaller, uh, you know, smaller mm-hmm. race that, you know, maybe it's laid out a little better and not so many people. Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing that stands out, Sam, that I read, um, about you is that like, you are this, you're a marathoner, you're a speedy marathoner and you've, you know, a huge way left in your career to go. But I love (laughs) the fact that you say that you prefer doing shorter races and you've been like crushing the like five K's and the shorter races. (laughs) So do you find that, you know, getting stronger at the shorter races is helping with your marathon time? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's all, you know, definitely related and I just I think I'm just genetically more of like you know predisposed to be faster you know the shorter stuff um fast twitch or whatever so I um I definitely have seen all of the time you know as my 5k time you know one mile 5k whatever those times dropped my marathon also dropped so I mean I know that it's all all related but um you know how some people like you can just the 5k time into a calculator and like the the pace or whatever the time it predicts for the marathon is kind of spot on I've never been one of those like my my 5k time will predict a much faster marathon than what I'm actually able to do so um just you know and a lot of people are that way too for sure it's just like the endurance is not quite as strong um as what it needs to be for a marathoner so um I know it's there is no like perfect formula right I mean the calculator yeah. says it, but like, they're not out there doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what is For your sure. 5k PR now? Um, I, 
1720 um ish yeah so um I took like a whole minute off of that um that one season where I you know got under three hours for the first time I went from like an 1820 to a 1725 k so um you know it was the Pilates yeah man sign me up for the I'm getting off the call and we're gonna go do the Pilates busting out all the Pilates now what's your mile time now too like what's your fastest mile so okay my my big goal there is to to run a sub five I just I want to break five minutes a mile um I did a bunch of the, you know, when, when COVID first, you know, we had all the, all the time trials and virtual races. I was like all about that. So I did, I did a bunch of one mile, um, put time trials in, and I did one on the track and I ran a 502. Um, and this was like a legit, it wasn't just the four laps. It was the four laps plus the extra nine meters. So, I mean, it was like, I know, <laughs> you know, it was legit. Um, but I was so close, you know, but um maybe I'll get back there we'll see yeah. um the speed is definitely not quite returned to that level yet <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see well, well, you give it some will. time he's, he's only four months old so you, you've got some right. time to build that all back in oh, and yeah. I'm sure it'll come yeah <laughs> who is your coach Sam so I just started working with Brendan O'Leary um for the for the postpartum comeback um he was highly recommended by some other mother runners so um I've been really happy with with everything so far I mean I've only been training for a few weeks you know so um but yeah it's going great and he um he seems to be very knowledgeable with the with the postpartum stuff and that was that was very important you know want to make sure to do it safely (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. if you had one tip for like a mom out there who just had a baby and wants to get back to running and even be faster than she was before kids what would you say? What, what advice would you give her? Um, well, I can't even say that I for sure could give advice on that yet, but, um, I mean, based on where I am now, it, it took at least eight to 10 weeks before running even felt like just pleasant again. So I would just say at least be patient for the first, you know, give yourself at least eight to 10 weeks before you're expecting, you know, that you're going to just go out and running is going to feel magical like it used to, you know, cause it, it just didn't feel great for, for a little while. And, um, I, my coach kept saying like, you know, you just, it'll come around, like we got to get to the eight, you know, eight to 12 or eight to 10 weeks postpartum and you're going to feel completely different. And that was spot on. So, and I know it's different for everybody. Um, but I guess just be patient. <laughs> No, I can, I think that's, that's solid advice. And I think it goes beyond like the whole, everything kind of goes, you know, you start at six weeks postpartum, but like you're saying eight Mm -hmm. to 10 weeks. So that's good. Like give your body that extra time to heal. And I think that's really important for women to like give ourselves grace and like having a pushing out a human being is like a big undertaking on your body. (laughs) Like you really think about that. Before we start pounding it on the roads and the trails, like we have to heal. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, One of the things that I find so interesting that I have to touch upon is you hold nine, nine Alabama individual age group state records. 
Sam, that's incredible. <laughs> now, I know people in Alabama have to know who you are. Not only did you win the local marathon, but you can now say, <laughs> hello, I have nine Alabama state records. That is so awesome. Okay, so that still has to be qualified. So it has to be a race in Alabama run by an Alabama resident, and it has to be a certified course. So, I mean, there's, you know, it's not like I live in New York or California. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm proud of like, you know, the, the records that I have, but um, I mean, it's, it is what it is, you know. (laughs) No, that's incredible. And it's it's not like you're the only runner in Alabama. It's not like, okay, (laughs) I'm the only runner in my age group in Alabama who actually lives here, who ran an Alabama race on a certified course. No, there are, there's, you know, you've got universities and, and, and people, and there's, there's some competition. So you own own your, your record. You, you are, you obviously earned them. We're proud. That's right. Thank you. Well, that, that is actually motivating me right now. So, um, you know, um, I don't have any like big plans to get back to the marathon immediately, but, um, I just like just this week went on that the state records website. And I was like, I wonder what it is for my age group. So I'm, um, I will be shooting for a 1745 5k. Um, and I have to run it in the next month because I turned 37 and that that's the 36 year old one. So (laughs) we'll see, I'm going to give it a go. I'm like, I got nothing to lose. Oh, that's fun. Wait. So it's like end of June. So before August, you have to like Mm -hmm. throw down a fast time. Yeah. No pressure. No, no. You already have your race lined up. I have one picked out. Um, I'm, I'm still waiting to see. So the course has to be certified. So they've got to get somebody to come out there like with the wheel and, and measure it. Um, and it's not certified currently. So if that doesn't happen, then it won't, I won't even have an opportunity to go for it, but she says that they're working on it. So, um, we'll see. Um, but in, if, if that doesn't happen, then I have a whole nother, you know, once I turn 37, the record goes down to 1659, which has been like to break 17 is another huge goal. So, um, then I'll have a whole year to work on that. So, yeah. At least gives me, you know, gives me something to work on. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it's fun to have those goals. It's kind of the things that like gets you up in the morning when you kind of like, oh, do I really want to? We always kind of want to run, but there's definitely days where you're like, uh, and then it's like, oh, wait, no, no, no. Yeah. I want to achieve this goal. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get up. Target. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when do you think that, do you have, you know, any plans to return to the marathon right now? Or is it going to wait a, wait a while? Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, not now for sure. Um, I don't, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'll never do another one, but, um, I, I don't see myself going for it, you know, before this next trials or anything like that. So, um, you know, maybe the, maybe for the next one, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you're proof that, I mean, I got lots of years left. Like you just keep getting faster and faster. So, uh, if I can keep doing that for a few more years, like you are, um, I mean, I got plenty of time <laughs> from your lips to God's ears, man, <laughs> I need all the, like, but I mean, you know, I do think that like, I do feel that I am talking and seeing more and more women where that are not letting age get in their way. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, women are 35, 36, 37 years old and like realizing that they are just getting started. They have this whole other 
side to their career to explore and to get even faster. That mm-hmm. to me is so exciting to see women like diving into that and not being afraid, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, on some levels, I'm, I'm always feeling like 40 is this, at least for women, seems to be this marker of like, okay, now we're getting ready to get serious. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you, okay, yeah, we've, you know, you've got your Olympians and all those people who are in their 30s, you know, when they're doing really, you know, tremendous things. But the everyday runner that's elite and sub elite or what have you, th- this mm-hmm. 40 mark seems to be like, all right. Now let's kick it into high gear time, right? Um, well, I think right. too, your kids get a little older, mm-hmm. right? You get more, a little more sleep and <laughs> a little more. And like you send them to school all day and you just, you just can have a little bit more balance as you get, as yeah. they get older. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be awesome to see all the things yep. that you're going to do. Yeah, I'm here for it. Hopefully. <laughs> oh. Well, the I, I'm so excited to talk about Alabama, and I love the love that you have for your home state. But one of the things that really jumped out for me, and we've just talked to someone else for the show that lives is going to be living on a farm, but you live oh. on a farm. Yes. <laughs> that is seriously so cool. I love seeing your pictures with your baby goats and all of that. So <laughs> tell us all the things about this farm. Yes. So, um, we have all kinds of animals. Um, it's, it's crazy where we are. Cause we're, I mean, we're really close to the water. Um, and we're kind of like, we're out in the middle of nowhere where our property is down a like one, you gotta go a whole mile down, just like a dirt road. So people don't even like know it's back there. Um, but we've got 20 acres and then we've got, we've got like 14 goats at this point. Um, the, the goats just keep, you know, they keep making more goats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, we've got this, the one, the one nanny, she's had three sets of triplets. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Um, and we do not do anything productive with the goats. Like we're not milking them or making cheese or anything. They're just purely for enjoyment. <laughs> Unless maybe you could call them therapy goats. Um, maybe then that's their purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're so cute though. Um, I, those, there's it's hard to beat a baby goat um <laughs> so mm-hmm. but we've got chickens um lots of chickens and ducks and we have a pig and the pig was the cutest sweetest little thing um when she was a baby and now she is about 600 pounds yeah oh um, my gosh yeah <laughs> so, um but she has got like the she's got a personality. She is funky. Um, and she likes her belly to be rubbed. Um, which that takes like, you know, a good part of the day. Right. (laughs) 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 Big belly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've got the ducks and I've got a dog. I've had, I've had Brooks, my dog for, um, he's, he'll be 11 this year. So he was my first baby. Um, he's a golden retriever and he was definitely named after my running shoes. So Oh, I love that. Nice, nice. I'm going to tell our kids that they've been figuring, we don't have a dog yet, but they want a dog and they are fantasizing on what they would name the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are going to love the fact that you named your dog Brooks after, your after shoes. His shoes. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's a good name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and he is not a runner. He's not a runner. <laughs> <laughs> the antithesis of his namesake. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> All right, Brooks running. You got to at least send Sam some shoes, gear, something. I mean, yeah. she named her dog yeah. after you guys. Come on. Right, right. I just, yeah. 
yeah, let's let's get some sponsorship talk going. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> So Can now, we, the, like, make him the mascot. Yeah, I know. Yes, yes, he would be perfect. He's so cute, by the way. Like, <laughs> I remember, I remember your dog. I never, I didn't know his name was Brooks, but I remember seeing pictures of him. I'm like, he's so uh, cute. So. He is. Yep, mm-hmm. he's precious. I love hearing about Sam's progression in the sport and all that she's done in the 10 years that she's been running marathons and how she's taken her time down over chunks at a time and how she's incorporating Pilates into her routine. So many good takeaways here. We wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our two sponsors, Inside Tracker and Prevenex. For Inside Tracker, go to insidetracker.com slash sweetrun to take 25% off. For Prevenex, use the code sweetrun to take 15% off of your first order. And we highly recommend the Joint Health Plus for runners, so awesome. All right, you guys, let's get back to our conversation with Sam as she walks us through her gorgeous scenic town of Mobile Bay, Alabama. Yeah. So now is is the farm a byproduct of like you just had property and just ended up with all these animals on it? Or is there actually a working farm ish portion of it as well? No, 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 not really. This is just we just call this the farm um, because we have all the animals. Um, So when when my husband and I met, I had the dog and he had one goat um and so from there <laughs> we have just gone off the deep end so um, anyway but no I mean we have like a little garden and stuff like that yeah. but no it's we're not actually we're not actually farming crops or anything um <laughs> but you know you live down dirt road you can call it a farm <laughs> that's okay, right fair enough. That, you know yeah. you could use the do you ever use the goats for for goat yoga <laughs> Oh my gosh. So we have talked about that. Like, I mean, there's definitely a market for that here. Um, and if I could touch my toes, I would lead the yoga, but I can't. So (laughs) I had an instructor. Um, and I'm thinking the goats would have to have some sort of training because I just mm, I I could see that being a a little bit of a mess. Um, you know, I I could just I don't know. There's lots of things that could go wrong with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know when I first but heard about so it a couple of years that. ago, I was like, do people really like do, but they do, they like get mm-hmm. on the ground and they're doing all this yoga and there's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how does it, I think the goats like Are they walking lay on, like, on you or how does it work? She's like, I don't know. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Cause all I'm picturing is like downward dog and then a headbutt, you know, from the, <laughs> exactly. from the goat. So I mean, <laughs> I know it's a thing and I think that the goats have to be like really young and they do like hop around and just like play when they're really little so I guess if you you know always had you know some some baby goats that you could just put in there with people uh, they would crawl on you and stuff I don't know um Mm. ours are not not ready for that yet (laughs) yeah I could either be really fun or real disaster yes depending (laughs) (laughs) yes I mean I've been headbutted by a couple and it's not something you'd want to have done in a yoga pose. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, I catch you off guard no. quickly. Yeah. You're like, I came to do yoga, not get a concussion. <laughs> you're hoping they hit you in the head. There's a whole lot of places a goat might hit you. Just if whatever they get close to. I've seen enough goat videos where I'm like, you know what? No. Oh gosh. Yes. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah, especially as they get older and ornery and they're like, this is my space and all that. But I got to tell you, I'm really excited 
to chat with you about Mobile <laughs> because my dad is from Mobile. He, and he really? loved his home state of Alabama Aww. and he was really a big fan of Mobile. I only got to go one time, um, but I, so I'm, I'm really curious to get a, a your take on your hometown. So yeah. this is going to yeah. be fun. How awesome. I didn't, I didn't realize that you had an Alabama connection. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So I'm on the other side of the bay. So if you think of like Mobile Bay or think of a horseshoe, mm-hmm. I do that with my hand, but you know what a horseshoe looks like and the, mm-hmm. the rounded parts at the top. So Mobile's on the left side of the horseshoe. And then on the Eastern, you know, on the right side is the quote Eastern shore. Um, and that's where I live. And it's, like different little there's several communities that make up the, the what people refer to as the eastern shore and that's like Spanish Fort, Daphne, Fairhope's probably the most well-known um of the of the little communities over on this side um but yeah so we're on the on the east side of of the bay uh, okay it sounds so beautiful like you were describing the sunsets and just the outdoor <laughs> life and living on the shore and I mean, I imagine the water, is the water warm all year round? Yeah, it stays pretty warm. So the bay is pretty shallow. Um, so it doesn't, um, it, it just stays, stays pretty warm. Um, but yeah, we do have the best sunsets, especially so we're on the east side. So the sunsets in the west. So, you know, when you, I mean, you just get the best view of it. Um, and then in Mobile, they have an awesome view of the sunrise as it comes up in the east. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's such a pretty area. Um, and we're, really close to the so like the mobile bay feeds into the gulf of mexico so i mean we're really close to gulf shores and orange beach which are definitely like you know people go there for spring break and it's i mean the water's beautiful there um and we've got like this white just really fluffy white sandy beaches um mm-hmm. so yeah it's yeah it's great it's a great area yeah, you you may want may want want to tell people too much about it, and and because here's why <laughs> I've had this theory that people are just absolutely missing out on a great piece of like the Gulf of Mexico because yeah. it's like oh the South and oh well we can well let's go to let's go to like the Caribbean and I'm like but you're on the shore of the kind of the Caribbean sort of sort of mm-hmm. you know kind of sort of and you get all the benefit of it and you don't have to go to south beach which i'm sure is great but it's probably like a little more low-key and all this stuff but this is about you telling it not me so let's start here (laughs) where's the best place to run on the mobile bay okay so we have i mean the whole area is great for running i mean it's like a runner's paradise and we have an awesome running community here there's lots and lots of runners I mean if you go outside you're going to see people out running biking you know walking their dogs um just it's a very outdoor active community um but there's this awesome it's I'm gonna call it a trail it's not it's a paved trail so it's you know concrete and and some part of it is asphalt but um it basically runs um all the way from from Spanish Fort all the way down to Weeks Bay, which is, it covers the whole entire Eastern shore. So um, you can run basically 30 miles in one direction on this trail. Um, and I mean, not that anybody's really wanting to do that, but the great thing is you can just hop on, you know, if you're, you happen to be coming into town and you're staying in Daphne, you can just hop on the trail in Daphne and run, you know, a couple miles out, a couple miles back. You could run to Fairhope. You can, you know, um, so what, um, 
what my friends and I like to do is we add a couple extra miles to this um, and we call this our special occasion route. So we'll run it like on if it's somebody's birthday or, you know, New Year's Day or something like that, a holiday. Um, and we're going to, you know, celebrate with a long run because um, that's a totally normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, of we'll, yeah, right. We'll start over in Mobile at the um, the USS Alabama. So there's a park over there um, and that's a World War II battleship that um, got to retire on Mobile Bay. So there's a, you know, a whole little historic site there that you can come and um, it's a good, you know, an attraction. But we um, will start there and then we'll head east on, um, it's called Battleship Parkway. Um, so we'll run across the bay. And that's like, I mean, if you go at, you know, around sunrise, you get to see the sunrise as you're, as you're crossing the bay. Um, and then you hop on the, the actual part of this, this trail um, in Spanish Fort and you can go then, you know, 25 more miles. But even just coming across the bay, there's um, several, like you pass all kinds of restaurants and um, there's a, what's called the Five Rivers Delta Center. Um, so there's like, you know, that's a, another attraction. There's Near State Park, which is an attraction. And there's actually a lot of local races that, um, that are run there. Um, but we have so many parks and I mean, lots of just outdoor things to do um, in this area. So you can, you know, rent a canoe or a kayak or go on a um, airboat ride. I mean, there's just, so many things to do um sure but um <clears throat> yeah so that I can walk you through that whole like because it's I mean there's so many things on like directly on this trail and the, the miles are marked for you which is another plus um so you you know you know you're still in route on the <laughs> on course um but so you come through Spanish Fort there's um what's called Gator Alley so you can see some alligators and turtles um on your route and uh okay, okay wait wait okay <laughs> yeah, go ahead. i've dealt with this once before in florida in central florida yes we uh-huh. have to say and meb we had meb kofleski on to yeah. talk about tampa florida and we had a big laugh about the alligators yes yeah, so when you say you can stop and see are we talking like it are we are we at a zoo <laughs> Or is this like, because I've had the experience of driving down a suburban street somewhere in central Florida and a gator was like, there was the sidewalk, the grass, and then the pond. And I'm like, why is there a gator on the like sidewalk, <laughs> on the grass next to the, right. where the people are walking their children, right? So, right. <laughs> tell me about the gator situation here. <laughs> Okay, so this is actually you're you're on like a boardwalk above the alligators. So um okay. yeah, it's not yeah, it's not quite like the central Florida situation. Um I would be curious if if Meb had any advice on that because we always kind of like it's like one of those things we kind of joke about, but it's like a nervous joke. Every time we start that route, we're like, Well, for whatever reason I've heard alligators can't zigzag. No idea if that's true or not, but I've always told myself that if you get you get chased by the gator and you just start running like random little zigzags and they can't catch you. But I have no, <laughs> nobody quote me on that, but you know, I mean, it's better than just running straight and getting eaten. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I but, vote for the zigzag. Me too. And, and, and yeah. Well, but let's just hope we never have to find true, out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, but, and, and while we're on the subject, you know, 
I, I anticipated the worst thing that you'd have to watch out for is, are, are the mosquitoes it, is it, at mm. certain points in the year. Um, yes. Is there anything else besides gators, mosquitoes, or, or what's the big thing that you want to be wary of if you're running in the air? Or maybe nothing at all. Maybe I'm just, or it's all overblown in my mind. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, the mosquitoes, yeah, you know, you might want some bug spray, <laughs> um, but I don't, I, I don't, yeah, that's more like if you go, if you're, if you decide you want to run on some trails while you're here, um, we don't have a ton of options, but there is um, a place on the Eastern Shore called Blakely State Park. And there are some trails you can run on, but highly recommend the bug spray if you do that, because you will get carried away um, by the bird-like mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... No. <laughs> it's lovely though. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> no, it's um, not, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, we really don't have any other, I'm trying to think, I mean, no other wildlife that I can think of. Um, okay. I mean, you might get blown away by a hurricane at certain points of the year, but you know, that's you know, that's a that's a a risk we're willing to take. Um, like it's worth it to live here. Um, yeah. it's so beautiful that you know. <sighs> well, yeah. I was gonna say. So yeah, I didn't think about the whole hurricane season. That's a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. when is hurricane season? And have you guys ever been in danger? real danger of a hurricane yeah so a couple um let's see let's see what year is it i don't know we we were pretty much directly hit by hurricane sally a couple years ago um Mm -hmm. and in the i've I've been here for about 15 years and that was the first one that has come on shore in baldwin county um but um yeah the area has really been spared over the years because my family has been in here for a really long time. Um, my mom and dad grew up here and um, they've had some some big ones, you know, over the years, like in the Camille and Frederick um, back in like the 70s and 60s and 70s, maybe. But um, I mean, all in all, we have been very, very fortunate um, to not have, you know, more damage than we have. I mean, nothing like, like Katrina or yeah. uh, Louisiana just gets pummeled. It's yeah. horrible. Um, mm. So we've been we've been fortunate. That's good. Is there a certain time of the year where you would say hurricanes are more likely to happen? I know hurricane Katrina was like August. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the summer and into early fall months. Um, so yeah, if you're going to plan a trip, I would say come in the early spring or like late fall, um, which we really don't, we don't really have seasons. It's just kind of like one thing all the time here <laughs> but but no it is it is nice in the like early spring and late fall um you know it it won't be it won't be 100 degrees then <laughs> yeah right oh, it sounds so pretty sam so so you would say that the two places that you named would be the main places to run so now we like or would love to have some food and refuel. So where are you going to send us for some down home Alabama good food? Oh man. Yeah. So we, um, there are so many, I mean, so the seafood is, you know, all the rage here. Cause we're, you know, you can get the fresh Gulf, you know, you can get snapper, um, shrimp, uh, clown, you know, I don't know anything, any kind of fish you want to get, um, lots of different places. Um, so let's see, there is a place I would say that I would 
say my favorite for dinner, dinner recommendation would be called Sunset Point. Um, and it's um, right on the water um, on the Fly Creek Marina and the Fairhope Yacht Club is in the background. So you've got like all these sailboats and you can just sit on the creek and see all the sailboat masts and watch the sunset. Um, and you can sit outside. They have misting fans um, this time of year, which, um, you know, keeps you cool and get you know a nice cocktail while you watch the sunset and wait for your dinner to get there um that's just a really picturesque spot they've got a bell that they ring at sunset um to you know signify that the, the sun has officially gone to bed <laughs> um okay. but cool. that's a great place um i mean there are there are so many um the wash house is another really popular place that's like a really kind of like more upscale you know five star you know type place but everything I mean pretty much anywhere you go you're going to get you're going to have fresh you know gulf seafood so okay that sounds so good I'm hungry yeah how about (laughs) breakfast yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah breakfast okay so there's an awesome place in Fairhope called Warehouse Bakery and Donuts um and it is more than just donuts they have like the most expansive menu um you can get a donut or you could get like oatmeal you can get some sort of like kale juice, carrot juice. I mean, I got all kinds of like super healthy things. And then you can also get like fried chicken on a waffle. So, I mean, mm. they have got I love something. It. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. I don't have many places where you can get like kale juice and fried chicken on a waffle. Um, but they have great smoothies too. And they um, they make their own coffee there. So it's like good and fresh and they've got a good, a good uh, roast. So... Mm. Um, that's a great breakfast place for sure. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I've definitely seen the, all the healthy green, super green, super food places. Mm. And I've seen mm-hmm. the chicken and waffles. I have never <laughs> seen together. them under the same roof. So that is just, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's guilt-free for me. That's guilt-free. Cause I'm right. like, Hey, don't say anything about my chicken and waffles because I'm having a super green smoothie with it. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's all yeah. about balance. Exactly. When people talk about balance, that is the definition. (laughs) I always imagine, well, first of all, I definitely, I say this a lot. I mean, I think I say this with every guest because they all paint such a beautiful picture, Mm -hmm. but Mobile Bay just sounds just fantastic. It's like Southern charm, great food, beautiful (laughs) sunset, like water, warm water. Um, I'm already like, I'm down to like book a trip. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see the beaches because I just have a feeling like mm-hmm. we make this at all the beaches in the, the and we're I think there's just so many southern coastal places that we're probably uh, not yeah. enough people recognize how beautiful the beaches might be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, come come hit us up. Um, you can stay in Fairhope at the Grand Hotel. Um, okay, that is like a really historic. It's I think it's almost 200 years old. Um, just beautiful. It's one of the Marriott autograph collection hotels. So it's, I mean, just very unique. And um, I mean, the grounds there are beautiful. They've got just the big old, you know, Southern Oaks with the Spanish moss hanging down. Um, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. There's, there's a golf course, there's tennis courts, lots of different pools and, you know, a spa, the spa is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So that's actually one place where I have stayed you know because it's funny to think about sometimes like where would you stay if you come to your town you're like well I don't I don't ever stay anywhere here but um 
people that live here do go stay there just because it's such an experience. Ooh, that sounds beautiful. Okay. Yeah. And you guys, as you know, we're going to put all this in the show notes so everybody can go to Mobile Bay and experience what Sam gets to live every day. Sounds gorgeous. Now, are there any particular dessert options that I might find unique to the Mobile Bay area or just, you know, that part of the South in general? Because, you know, you think of you know, uh, New Orleans, and you're probably going to think of the beignet or oh, something beignets, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything signature to your your area? Um, let's see. So in Fairhope, there is a place um, where they have, um, it's called Mr. Jean's Beans. Um, it's like an ice cream. They've, they've got the Fairhope float. It's kind of like the signature Fairhope dessert, um, a root beer float. So that, that would be probably on the list of, you know, you need to try that out. Um, Right near the Grand Hotel, there's um, the Punta Clara kitchen, and they have all kinds of just homemade, like fudge, pralines, Ooh. jellies, you know, any, all the sweet, absolutely sweet, sweet, sweet stuff. Um, so that would be a good place to check out as well. Awesome. Nice. Okay. So what about running stores in your area? Where would you send people? Okay. So I used to totally, as a side note, um, I used to do that when I was a kid, like I I played tennis um, and I would travel to tennis tournaments and I would always on purpose forget something so that I got to get a new thing (laughs) wherever we went. (laughs) I would be like, oh, I forgot my skirt. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so if you forget your running shoes um, (laughs) on your running vacation, um, there is an awesome running store in downtown Fairhope called Running Wild. um, And they are like, you know, your boutique, um, boutique store. They've got all kinds of awesome shoes and gear selection. They've got, you know, noon and all the fuel type stuff that you could need to. Um, So that's a great, a great store. Um, That's really the only, um, only one in on the Eastern shore and in, over in Mobile, there's several different options. There's a, um, a Fleet Feet that's awesome. Um, there's Run and Try. So we've got re- several good um, good stores over in Mobile. So, okay. you know, that's not too far away. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. What about races? Um, we know you won one race, but <laughs> you have any other ones as well that you would recommend? Yes. Um, so I'm kind of like a serial racer too, or have been through over the years. Um, so, I mean, there's been years where I've done like, you know, close to 25 races a year. So um, I don't necessarily do that anymore, but yes, if, if there's a race in town, I have done it multiple times. <laughs> um, but the one that has actually like recently become my favorite is called the Battleship 12K. Um, and that's, I don't know, it's an odd distance, which I love because there's, you don't really have like a preconceived notion of like what a quote good time is like you know you're running a 12k and who's run a 12k before so not many people um but that actually runs almost like the exact route that I was kind of describing earlier where we started at the battleship and ran east this starts on the eastern shore and runs back across the bay and ends at the battleship park um memorial park um so it's I mean the, the entire race is on the water um so you're just I mean it's it's a beautiful race. It's flat. Um, you do have to go up a couple little, like little bitty bridges, but you, I mean, they're, they're not steep. And if you go up it, you go down the other side too. So, um, but it's just really well put on. It's Veterans Day, um, weekend. Um, and then another, like just 
thing I love about it is they hand out like these little bitty um, American flags at the last water stop. So the volunteers hand you a flag and you get to cross the finish line with your flag. I don't know. It's just, it's really cool. So um, I love that race. That sounds like Um, a lot of fun. And it it sounds like a good time of the year, like Veterans Day. So like November timeframe. Yeah. Um, sounds like mm-hmm. a good time of the year wouldn't be obviously like in the summer where it's sticky, sticky and hot. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, the beach is actually beautiful in the fall. Like, I mean, if you come over and then go down to like Gulf Shores, um, like the water is so clear. It's, I don't know, it's just a beautiful time that people definitely miss out on. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, don't come in, don't come in July, come in November. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. No, All right. Yeah. I personally <laughs> done enough of the South that I like, like you said, those shoulder seasons, spring and fall mm-hmm. are going to be a whole lot better than the middle of July and August, which I've yeah. had to deal with coming from California. It was like a big slap in the face, but, it was like, <laughs> but you know, it's for family. So you do it, but you're like, yeah, <laughs> I know. I think people do. I think they do like families get together and stuff because the kids are out of school yeah, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. But the time we'll do that. Yeah off season there's another race there's another race i have to tell you about this in the spring so since we were just talking about that but it's it's called the spring fever chase and it's um like i guess mid-march um but it's in fairhope and it takes place during the arts and crafts festival um and that is a really cool thing that you could even you know plan a trip around like hundreds of just you know local vendors come and they set up they close off all the streets and you can just walk around and look at all the art and um and the the race is a 10k and it's just it's one of those like super low-key you know no chip timing or anything like that just Mm -hmm. like a hometown race with a lot of charm um but it's a real rolling course through the streets of Fairhope and it finishes on the bay so I mean Uh, that one's hard to beat (laughs) that sounds perfect yeah and you may have just answered my next question are there any things or to do or see that you don't want to miss before you leave Mobile Bay? Yeah. So I don't know. So one thing that we have that is like super cool, but it's like impossible to plan around um, is a Jubilee. Um, And that is this awesome thing where, and super unique to the Mobile Bay area. So that's why I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Um, It only takes place in like two places in the whole world and one of them's in Tokyo Bay in Japan and then other ones in Mobile Bay um, in Alabama so but there's um, this like entire set of conditions that has to be met like the previous day has to be an east breeze and it has to be overcast and it has to be calm waters and then the day of the jubilee it has to be a rising tide and it's going to take place before sunrise and it's going to be during the summer months Um, but if all these conditions are right there's a lack of oxygen in the water and um all of the bottom dwelling like crustaceans and fish they they come ashore looking for oxygen so you can go down and walk on the beach and you'll just see hundreds of flounder and crab and shrimp and they can't like their their muscles aren't working they're just real sluggish and um if you want to catch a bunch of them you can um (laughs) but they it's so but they don't actually die though they just they come up to the shore and I mean I guess if you catch you know the ones that get caught (laughs) they don't have a great great fate but um but anyway yeah it's just like a really cool thing to see um so that's hard incredible hard to plan around that but yeah um super cool (laughs) 
Okay, so Sam, how often does a jubilee happen where the conditions are so perfect? Um, so there's different kind of magnitudes of them, um, but I mean, maybe a couple of times a summer. Um, it's not like something that happens all the time, um, but there might be smaller ones, you know, maybe once a month or so. Um, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's just, you never know. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay so gotta, like, if you're like at home now, like, you know, it's, we're in summer, do you guys get a heads up? Like, is anyone monitoring and saying, okay, it's a Jubilee, like go out tonight. Uh, <laughs> so that used to be like, that was the thing, like when back in the day, you know, before, before social media, um, people would like run through the streets and holler Jubilee, Jubilee. Oh. Um, and so now I imagine someone just, um, you know, post on Facebook, Jubilee, Jubilee. <laughs> but yeah, there are like entire groups that are dedicated to like, you know, tracking that. And, um, and so it's, they, if, if there's one in the area, word gets out quickly. <laughs> sure. You know, as much as I appreciate social media, I, I love the idea of someone going through the streets, yelling it out. Jubilee, Jubilee. <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds a lot more I don't know what I want to say. Romantic, nostalgic, like just yes, all of that, all of that. Yep, yeah, yep. right. Where can we go if people want to go out for like live music, like some good like country or just we're something. leaving the kids at home yeah. for the night. Somehow Somewhere we find a night out just us in Mobile Bay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so there's a couple of different restaurants on the causeway that have live music, um, and that's going to be like the Bluegill is probably the that's, I would say, maybe the, the best option there. Um, but it is um, just like a real casual, like, you know, go sit outside and they'll have just, you know, somebody, um, you know, with a guitar, maybe like a small little band. Um, that's an awesome place to just go chill and, you know, unwind and listen to listen to some live music. Um, and then if you go a little bit further down south um, in, in Baldwin County, you've got the Wharf Amphitheater and they have some awesome concerts there. So if you're looking for like, you know, a, a bigger actual concert, um, they have an awesome lineup. Like uh, it seems like pretty much every weekend they've got some, you know, a big headliner there. So um, I haven't been to a concert at the Wharf. I'm not really a crowd person. <laughs> um, so I try to avoid, even like pre-COVID, I'm just like, mm -mm, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the smaller venue sounds right up my alley as well. It's like a small, yeah. like local live musician or band or something would be cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. The blue gills where you want to go. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Well, cool. Sam, we always ask all of our guests this final question. If you could run anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Okay, so I'm going to go with Lake Tahoe. Um, I'm going to stay in the U.S. Um, because we have some beautiful, I mean, I don't know, we're just, it's a beautiful country, so no need to go abroad. But um, I'm going to choose Lake Tahoe, and because of the beautiful water, um, you know, I'm a water person, but also the mountains and the trails. Um, so I do actually love to get out west every now and then. Um, and I feel like that would just be like a great, um, a great mix of you got the water and the mountains. So that is where I would love to run. It's on my bucket list. Yes. And you get an automatic ice bath afterwards if you choose to jump in. Perfect. Yeah. What more do you need? <laughs> Have you been to Lake Tahoe? I haven't. No. Oh, Sam, you have to go. It is you. 
everything that you described and a hundred times more yeah. uh-huh. is one of the most beautiful places. You're going to love it. That's a great yep. answer. I'll go at some point for sure. So, <laughs> and the running is fantastic there as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think in, an, in another life, I would be like an ultra trail marathoner. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe there's a future you know, yeah. premonition of things to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one, but maybe. (laughs) Well, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming on the Sweet Run podcast. We're just, we've been so happy to have you. And where can everybody find you? Okay. So I, um, I do occasionally, um, keep up my blog over at Mobile Bay Runner. Um, so you can find me there. Um, also on Instagram at mobile Bay runner. Um, and then also on Strava, um, Sam Yeager Allen and all of my runs are on Strava. So definitely check me out there. Um, if you want to see the daily, um, I'm not going to post a daily picture on Instagram. That just is exhausting to me, but Strava, all the details are there for sure. So <laughs> all right everyone go follow sam yeager allen she's so inspirational and an awesome runner and she really is an awesome runner living in a beautiful location what do we say that's what we say that's what we say so go follow her thank you so much <laughs> and we'll oh, talk to you soon awesome thank y'all i really appreciate it i'm honored <laughs> you're welcome Bye-bye. bye Sam Yeager Allen, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Your college jogging elective was a great launching pad for such a great running career, and we know you have so much more to give to the sport. We won't wait until the goats are trained for yoga to come visit. We'd love to enjoy some of the great runs along Mobile Bay you described, great food and live music, and if our timing's right, we'll even get to experience a jubilee. Everyone, follow Sam's running adventures at Mobile Bay Runner on Instagram, mobilebayrunner.com, and of course on Strava. Come follow us at Sweet Run, Nat Runs Far, and on SweetRun.com. A big shout out to our partners, Inside Tracker and Prevenex. For Inside Tracker, use the code SweetRun to take 25% off. Go to InsideTracker.com slash SweetRun. For Prevenex, use the code SweetRun to take 15% off of your first order. Go to Prevenex.com and use the code SweetRun. A big thank you to our sponsors, Inside Tracker and Prevenex. Are you guys enjoying this Sweet Run podcast? We would love it if you would take a moment to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any platform that you listen to our show on. It would help us to get our content out to new listeners and help to grow our show. Go ahead and push the button. Leave us a rating and review. We would so appreciate it and we appreciate you guys. Join us next week for another great conversation with an awesome runner living in a great location. We'll see you then. We will see you then.